Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello and welcome to No Rain Date. I'm Saucon Source publisher Josh Popacek, and these are some of the headlines Saucon Valley residents are talking about for the week ending January 22, 2020. Lower Saucon Township Police are asking for the public's help as they investigate a burglary in the 2100 block of Fieldstone Drive, which is in the Woodfields development. Police say the break-in happened sometime on Friday. The house was reportedly rifled through and jewelry was stolen. Police shared descriptions of two suspicious individuals who were spotted in or near the burglary scene around the time that it happened. Their descriptions are included in a story which is published on SaucinSource.com. Should the Saucon Valley School District hire a school resource officer to help protect students? One Hellertown parent says absolutely. Speaking at the school board's meeting on January 14th, parent Jennifer Schmel said experiences she's had with her son, a student in the district, and other evidence points to the need for a school resource officer. Saucon Valley is also the only public school district in the Lehigh Valley that doesn't employ a full-time resource officer. And Schmel said she won't be going away until they do. She's encouraging parents who agree with her to attend the next school board meeting, which will be held Tuesday, January 28th at 7 p.m. in the high school audion room. What's next for the former Shoreshine Car Wash in Hellertown? As many of you know, it closed rather abruptly last summer. Sock and Source learned over the weekend that the property was sold in late December and that its new owners are now busy repairing and upgrading it. Classy 3 Incorporated is a third-generation family business based in Schuylkill County. They own nine other car washes in northeastern PA. And Dana Mady, whose family owns the business, said they're also a distributor to car washes and a remodeler of car washes. The Mady's are excited to join the Hellertown business community, and we're excited to have them and to be bringing you more information about what they'll be doing with the car wash in the near future. We had a bit of snow over the weekend, and temperatures have dropped dramatically, and we'll have more on that from Tony and Lehigh Valley Weather Authority in a moment. With the cold weather, many Saucon Valley residents are dreaming of summer. While doing that, we would encourage you to mark your calendars for this summer's Music in the Park free concerts, which are presented by the Hellertown Lower Saucon Chamber of Commerce and the Borough of Hellertown. A total of five free concerts will be held in Dimmick Park between early June and mid-August. The first concert will be held June 7th and will feature perennial fan favorite The Large Flowerheads. The Large Flowerheads are a local band that performs popular hits of the 60s and 70s. You'll find the dates for the other shows and the names of those performers in our story, which also lists the food and beverage vendors who will be at each performance. Check it out so you can save those dates. These shows are very popular and have attracted more than a thousand attendees in the past. Lastly, we have proof that the saying, every dog has its day, is based in reality. 
That can be found in a story about a pup from the Center for Animal Health and Welfare who will appear on Animal Planet's nationally televised Puppy Bowl on Super Bowl Sunday, February 2nd. The Center for Animal Health and Welfare is located in Williams Township, just outside Hellertown. We talked to director Kelly Bauer about this honor. One of their dogs, Luna, was chosen to be in the Puppy Bowl, which was taped in New York back in October. She was subsequently adopted and renamed Rumor, but she's still cute, and we hope you will tune in to watch the show, which raises awareness about the importance of adopting shelter pets. We're big fans of the Center for Animal Health and Welfare here at Sock and Source, and we hope you are too. Uh, We also bring you updates about rescue pets that are available for adoption every week in our series called Pets in Need of Homes, which is brought to you by A Furry Tale Come True, Doggy Daycare, and Boarding Centers. So be sure to check out the latest Pets in Need of Homes, which was published on Sunday. And now, here we have Tony with the five-day weather forecast. Hey guys, Tony here from LVWA with your exclusive five-day outlook for Salk and Source's No Rain Date podcast. For today, periods of sun and clouds with a high temperature of 37 degrees, going down to 16 tonight. For Thursday, sun and clouds, a high of 42 with a low of 23 degrees. Friday, periods of sun and clouds yet again with a high temperature of 39. Nighttime low down to 28. Saturday and Sunday, a high of 35. Now, we are tracking a storm threat right now. Uh, Depends exactly how this one tracks, whether it be rain or snow. So stay tuned. As always, follow us over at LVWA Weather on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and always at LVWAweather.com. Thank you and have a wonderful week. Hey Panther fans, here is our sports writer Keith Reef Reef Stahl with an update on the Panther wrestlers. Thanks, Josh. The state of the Salkin wrestling program, alive and well. Upcoming Wednesday, senior night against the Palisades Pirates. Always a big rivalry there. So I think tonight I'd like to pay homage to uh, the Salkin seniors and uh, in no particular order, alphabetically. Here we go, Matt Arciolo. Uh, he wrestles at 160 or 170 pounds, an 80 and one career record. 2019 district and regional champ, PIAA, third place on the podium out at Hershey. Uh, this year so far, Matt is 24 and one. Matt is not all muscle. He's an outstanding student who is uh, committed to Columbia University. Come on out Wednesday and uh, pay tribute to Matt Arciolo. Also, we have Dane Sensitz. Uh, Dane has wrestled 170 and also 182 pounds, 117 and 45 career record, three-time District 11 medalist. He was the champ in 2018. Three-time regional medalist and a state qualifier. So far this year, Dane has a 21 and four record. He's another outstanding student. Dane is committed to Pitt. And uh, again, not all muscle, although he has a lot of muscles. He has muscles on his, he's like Popeye after he eats the spinach. But Dane is committed to Pitt and uh, mechanical engineering major. 
Uh, he's got a lot, a lot of good going on there. Kevin Dyer, wrestling 126 and 132 pounds. He's a 500 career wrestler for the Panthers. Plenty of experience with 81 matches under his belt. Career record 39 and 42. Twice finished sixth in District 11, 2018-2019. He's three and three so far this season. Uh, he's like Coach Shirk's sixth man this season. He plugs him in at 126 and 132. Kevin Dyer coming off the bench, an awful lot of experience to help this Panther squad. To Braden Legardo we go. 182, 195, 220 pounds he's wrestled so far this year. 58-32 career record. He's a two-time District 11 medalist and last year's District 11 champion. Braden, a heck of a football player. He has battled injury, but he is 13-7 uh, and seven on the season, even though he often bumps up a weight class or two for the good of the team. You know, there's many body types in wrestling. Braden, he's wrestling with the big boys. He's, uh, he's only 5'6 or so, and he not only gives up quite a bit of weight when he bumps up, a weight class or two. He often gives up uh, quite a bit of length. Certainly disadvantage, but he's a true competitor. He's a tough guy. He's good for the Panthers. Ramel Ra-Ra Moore steps in uh, occasionally at 195 and 220 pounds as well. Ra-Ra is a senior. He's new to Saucon Valley Wrestling. He's only one in five this year. Uh, Ra-Ra got his first career win with a pin last week versus the Palmerton Blue Bombers, but uh, another spectacular senior for Saucon. And then we go to Thomas Spurk. He's wrestled nothing but 145 this year. He has a 90 and 40 career record, two-time District 11 medalist, district champ 2019, two-time regional medalist and two-time state qualifier, finding the podium last year and finishing eighth in Hershey. The interesting fact about Thomas is that as a sophomore, he wrestled up at 160 pounds. Now he's a senior wrestling 145, but 160 pounds for 25 or so matches. Even though Thomas was giving up pretty much 15 pounds per match, he went 19 and six when he wrestled 160 uh, or something close to that. Big Nick Warnke, 285 pound weight class, 76 and 19 career record, 25 and two so far this season, two-time district medalist and regional medalist and state qualifier. It's well documented through uh, other media sources. Nick dropped 80 pounds or so from last year and now prides himself on his conditioning. Uh, he's a heavyweight who doesn't mind when the bout runs into overtime. In fact, against Wilson, big win against Roger Russell. Uh, came in overtime, Warnke got the takedown. And lastly, we have Bobby Yovish. Bobby uh, wrestles 195 and 220. This is only Bobby's second year wrestling. He has a two and 10 record. He's a gentleman across the board. One of the nicest people you'd ever want to see. He's improved remarkably the past two seasons, but Bobby Yovish rounds out the Panther seniors. So far this season, give you a little bit of an update. The Panther team record and uh, certainly no shortage of accolades either this season. But, uh, you know, these Saucon Valley Panthers, much documented past, seven consecutive Colonial League titles, four consecutive District 11 team titles. So far this 2019-2020 season, the homegrown Saucon Valley Panthers have earned themselves a 12-1 record, the only loss coming to borderless Notre Dame. Notre Dame has selected themselves a, a regional all-star team this year with elite wrestlers coming from Hazleton and Phillipsburg, New Jersey, and Hunterdon Central, New Jersey, Nazareth, Easton, Liberty, Freedom, the Slate Belt, who knows where else, but uh, they have uh, manufactured themselves a very tough team. There may be a little trouble in Crusaders' Camelot, however, as it has been rumored recently that sophomore 182-pounder and number one ranked in the state wrestler Derek Berlitz has left the team. This is very odd considering the postseason is right around the corner, 
But uh, the rumor suggests that Berlitz had a falling out with the Notre Dame coaching staff. Uh, it must have been a pretty serious clash for him to depart at this time of the season. Back to the Panthers. The Panthers won the preseason Tom Best Memorial Top Hat Tournament back in December. The Panthers finished 18th place overall against some of the best 128 teams throughout the nation down in Delaware at the Beast of the East. Uh, that was also in December, just prior to Christmas. Just after Christmas, the Panthers were fourth overall at the Bethlehem Holiday Classic, uh, which was comprised of AA and AAA schools, mostly Lehigh Valley schools, but there were quite a few, well, there were a few teams from outside the region, from New York, New Jersey, etc. Saucon Valley was the top AA team by far, and they finished, uh, again, fourth overall. Saucon Valley, just two weeks ago, won the Big Red Duels. That was on January 11th by defeating Central Dolphin 43-30 in the championship final uh, down at Souderton High School. Central Dolphin ranked 12th in the state in the AAA classification. Uh, that's a big feather in the cap for the Panthers with that win there. Now, the lineup. 106 pounds. The junior, Ermal Duca, so far this season, a 9-13 record. 113, Saucon has been sending out sophomore Connor Nicholas with a 13 and 11 record so far this season. 120 pounds, we have freshman Travis Riefenstahl, 19 and 7 so far. 126, sophomore Kale Markle, 19 and 9. Kevin Dyer, depending on who the opponent is, sometimes Kevin Dyer steps in. And again, he's at a 3 and 3 record. He's a senior, of course. He'll wrestle 126, he'll wrestle 132. Sometimes Markle will bump up to 132. It just depends on the opponent there. 132 sophomore Chris Arceolo is having a good year, but he's fighting the injury bug a little bit. He's 13-4 and four so far, and he's ranked sixth in the state by Flow Wrestling. Chris is on the mend right now, and uh, we're looking forward to a speedy recovery and seeing him back on the mat ASAP. At 138 pounds, another freshman, Jake Jones, 23-5. and five. What a great season for the freshman. He's ranked seventh in the state of Pennsylvania by Flow. 145, as we mentioned before, senior Thomas Spurk, 17-5 record, ranked 12th in the state by flow. Sometimes, or we saw last week, anyway, freshman Liam Skrivanich, who has a 1-1 one one record, he steps in at 145, maybe 152. Uh, if the Panthers decide to bump the lineup strategically, Liam Skrivanich could step in at 145 pounds. Uh, Skrivanich had a great match last week. It was a Friday, yes, Friday, he took Wilson's Michi, to the wire. He beat a, he lost, I'm sorry, Skrivenich lost 3-2, uh, even though he's bumping up two weight classes. Michi was a, st a state qualifier last year, so it was a good showing for the, the Saucon freshman Skrivenich. At 152, another freshman, we have Ty Fizemare, 18-9 record so far. Occasionally, Fizemare will bump up to 160, but the 160 spot postseason will likely belong to Matt Arceola, 24-1 record, third in the state. He's ranked. This guy is fantastic. Again, like we said before, not all muscle. He's a, a Columbia commit. Plugging into the lineup there could be sophomore Dante Mahaffey, who has a 3-3 three three record this year. Dante, too, fighting the injury bug off and on. 170 pounds, uh, Matt Arceola typically makes his home. Uh, could be senior Dane Sensitz, 21-4. Sensitz is ranked fourth in the state. 182, if it's not Sensitz, it's Braden Lagardo at 13-7. He's ranked sixth in the state. 195, could be Lagardo, could be Bobby Yovish, could be Ra Ra Moore. Yovish, 2 and 10, as we mentioned before, Ra Ra, 1 and 5. At 220, sophomore Nick Maruchak. Uh, Nick is brand new to wrestling, 0 and 8 record. He's a first year guy to the sport. He's taking his lumps, no doubt. He's paying his dues, 
but he is uh, settling in and getting some super valuable experience. Next year will be a world of difference for Nick Maruchak. And then at 285, we got the big guy, senior Nick Warnke, 25 and 2, ranked 12th in the state. Okay, little recap ranked in the state, uh, remarkable. We have seven Panthers Chris Arceolo, Spurk, Matt Arceolo, Dane Sensitz, Braden Legardo, and Nick Warnke. When we look at the regional rankings, even more impressive, uh, Nicholas at 113, Reefenstall 120, Markle 126, Chris Arceolo, Jake Jones, Spurk, Fizz and Mare, Dante Mahaffey, Matt Arceolo, Dane Sensitz, Legardo, and Warnke, all ranked in the Southeast region. The Panthers have a strong side for sure. Now, the Colonial League Tournament, there's one more match basically, and that's gonna take place Wednesday night for the Colonial League teams. Then the Colonial League Tournament kicks into gear one week from tonight, Monday at Catasauqua High School. The Colonial League is divided into an East and West division. In the East division, Notre Dame is undefeated at this point, 7-0. Saucon Valley, 6-1. Wilson, 6-1. Bangor, 4-3. Palisades, 2-4. Penargel, 2-4. Could be interesting. Wilson wrestles Notre Dame on Wednesday. The Warriors, uh, certainly no slouch. Uh, do they have enough firepower to take on that high-octane Notre Dame Crusader team? Doubtful, but Wilson, again, they are very good at what they do. On the west side of the bracket, uh, or the league, we have Catasauqua at 5-2, Northwestern Lehigh 4-3, Southern Lehigh 3-4, Northern Lehigh 1-6, Palmerton 0-6, Salisbury 0-6. Interesting, Palmerton and Salisbury will wrestle Wednesday and something's got to give there. Two 0-6 teams going at it. Should be fun to be a spectator for that match. Like we said before, Saucon Valley Senior Night on Wednesday versus Palisades, January 22nd. A couple of key matchups to look out for if you're going. At 120, Travis Riefenstahl. Again, he's ranked 13th in the region and uh, he's going to go but heads most likely against a fellow freshman named Ashton Campbell, who's 13 and four. He's ranked sixth in the Southeast region. That should be a battle for sure. 145 junior for Palisades is Mason Smeelin. He's 15 and six. He's ranked ninth in the region. Uh, he defeated Tyler Fizenmare at 152 out at top hat by a six to one score. There's a chance those two will see each other again. Smeeland usually wrestles 152. Fizzamere usually wrestles 152. But Smeeland did go 145 on January 9th against Wilson's Ashton Berberina. So it could be Spurk or Fizzamere taking on Smeeland at uh, 145 or 152. That should be a good one. Anyway, he cut it up. Perhaps Palisade's best wrestler, uh, pound for pound, is Ben Halbert. He's ranked number two in the region, currently wrestling 152 pounds. He was fourth in District 11, District 11 last season. He lost to Dane Sensitz 5-2 out at Top Hat earlier this season, but Halbert was way up at 170. Now he's down at 152. He has not wrestled 170 since December 10th. Most of his matches have come at the 160-pound weight category, but can make 152. It could be Fizzenmare. It could be Matt Arceolo. It could be Liam Skrivanich at 152 if Saucon Valley once again chooses to bump their lineup. But uh, Halbert's a good one. Uh, no matter what Panther he wrestles, uh, it's going to be a big tussle there. Wilson, like we said before, will travel to Notre Dame on Wednesday. And that's going to set up the seedings for the Colonial League Tournament. The Colonial League Tournament, like we mentioned before, is Monday, January 27th. The semifinals at 5.30 p.m. at Catasauqua. The most likely scenario looks like number one Notre Dame versus Wednesday's winner between Caddy and Northwestern Lehigh. So that's the one seed versus the four season. 
a foregone conclusion. You could bet the ranch on this, Josh, that uh, Notre Dame's going to beat Caddy or Northwestern Lehigh. And the other semifinal, we have number two seed, most likely number two seeded Salkin Valley versus number three seeded Wilson. Uh, again, Salkin beat Wilson on Friday, 46 to 21. Uh, hopefully the Panthers can repeat and get into the finals and get another crack at the Notre Dame Crusaders. The finals are slated to begin at 7 p.m. After the Colonial League tournament, then it's the PIAA team tournament, which begins with the District 11 duels. Again, Salkin Valley, four-time District 11 duel team chips. Uh, that begins the week of February 3rd. The top two teams advance into the uh, PIAA state tournament. Again, we're looking at a cutthroat battle between Saucon Valley, Notre Dame, and Wilson for those top two spots to advance. If they advance, out to Hershey we go, Thursday, February 6th through Saturday, February 8th. It's always a good time out in Hershey. Following that, we have the District 11 individual uh, portion of the season, followed by the Southeast Regional, then PIAA state PIAA state tournament uh, for individuals, which will be in early March. Josh, it's a lot of information, but that's the state of the Salkin wrestling program heading toward the postseason. I'd like to welcome to No Rain Date, Rebecca Gomez, who is the owner of The Beauty of Dogs, a dog obedience and training business located in my neck of the woods, part of it in Fountain Hill. Rebecca's going to share with us some information about the methods she uses to train dogs and why she uses them. This is a topic that I think a lot of people are going to find relevant. Seemingly half of you probably own a dog or have owned a dog at some point in your life. I personally am not a dog owner. I think a lot of people know that I have two cats, but I love dogs and um, definitely well-behaved dogs, So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we all do. So welcome, Rebecca. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. Absolutely. I met you a few years ago. We were involved in a small business owners group in Fountain Hill. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and and I applaud you as a small business owner in the borough. It's it's hopefully going to take off in time. We'll be developing more of a business community. But to get back to the main topic, um, I wanted to start off by asking you about the particular approach to training that you have you use a method a system rather called between the ears and that's something that's i'm unfamiliar with and probably many of our listeners are as well so can you start off by telling us more about that sure so the system is called training between the ears it's also referred to as tbte for short and it uh, was developed by mark mccabe and it does focus on reward-based training, but it really focuses on the emotional state of the animal and changing the animal's emotional state to a positive emotional state because it's clear that for animals that are scared or having anxiety, displaying uh, aggression, that there's really an imbalance in their emotional state. They're really in a negative emotional state. And so if we can change that, we can actually really make them happy and make them um, 
want to learn the better learning environment for them and um, really help guide them to being just a great companion animal or whatever tasks we're asking them to do, whether you're going to do some type of competition with them or some other work with them. Of course, we want them in a, in a good emotional mental state to be able to do that and excel at it. So from the beginning of the process, what's what's how does it sort of start off? Like say I've adopted a puppy, maybe it was a rescue um, and has issues related to that or maybe I don't know everything mm-hmm. about its background but I'm coming to you for help with this dog that doesn't know how to do anything or mm-hmm. follow any commands what what are some of the first things that you would do well I work with a variety of pet dogs so I will work with new puppies that either some what's common now is a lot of dogs coming through rescue that have possibly come up in transport from southern states. But also, of course, uh, people get new puppies from breeders as well. And uh, so there's a wide range of things that influence the dog to begin with, whether it's genetics or just what that period before they've come into your home has been what kind of socialization they've had, what kind of diet they've had, what kind of experiences they've had that's really significant actually in uh, young dogs. And so while we can't do anything of the past, we can't change the past, and we really seek to give them the best opportunity to begin with. And so, so much of that is teaching certain boundaries for dogs, um, but teaching them what to do and what we really like about their uh, behaviors. And the more that we do that, the less we have to really teach them what we don't like about their behaviors. But for puppies, the most significant thing is that people don't really recognize or realize first that there's various developmental stages for them that are really critical for them to be properly socialized to people, dogs, objects, everything in their world, and that there is there are windows of time to do that. But also that puppies need a lot of sleep. <laughs> and a lot of what we see is bad behavior from overstimulation. Hmm. So um, just like toddlers that you think about they need their rest and when they don't get their nap they tend to get cranky when they're overstimulated they tend to get cranky and so the most basic thing that I let people know is the necessity for rest because Mm -hmm. they're they're growing and they're developing and so I, I both work with new puppies and I work with senior dogs uh and everything in between and all the different behaviors that go along that can, a dog may exhibit. And so when someone comes to me, they could come to me for a variety of different reasons. The new puppy that they just need some guidance with, they need to know how to you know, implement a schedule and, and all those things in order to have a nice family pet. 
and how to get through the first year, which is really <laughs> a mm-hmm. challenge for a lot of people. But also people come to me when they've, they're looking at, do they need to put their dog down? Their dog mm-hmm. has bitten someone. Their dog is fighting with another dog in the house when they're at an end point. So I get all of that and um, help you know people accordingly. Do some clients have like just one particular issue that they want to work on with their dog? Like say it's chasing cars down the street Mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes people come for a very specific problem. Generally what we find is that it's a little bit more complicated. So the, the root cause of why they are acting that way is it may be a combination of things, but uh, in training between the ears, something that's very important to us is working within what we call the dog's grade school model. So it means that we make sure we're working where the dog can be successful. We're not challenging the dog to the those, say for instance, chasing a car, right? That's That's like the number 10, the top level problem. Mm-hmm. We don't go and set up to train the dog not to chase the car by bringing the dog out to a car and having it go by and somehow, you know, teaching the dog that it can't do that. We're working on really simple things within the house and not being exposed to that trigger at all initially. And it's very interesting how teaching relaxation techniques, which is very much a a part of training between the ears, uh, how teaching those relaxation techniques and some teaching some boundaries and really changing, like I said, the emotional state of the dog affects those big triggers, those big problems, sometimes without ever even needing to directly train uh, towards them. And so that's always very interesting that we can change those big problems without having to even expose the dog to them a lot of times. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was how that can be accomplished. Mm-hmm. What about um, diet? Is nutrition something that you address as part of the, the big picture? Nutrition is definitely a, a big picture item. We want to know about the, the health of the dog overall and anything that's going to be, that's going to influence their health is going to be important to have in the back of our mind, you know, that how is this going to affect it. And I encourage people for sure to uh, speak with either their veterinarians or someone that knows deeply about nutrition for all aspects uh, but I don't concentrate so much on sending a dog to a vet to get a diagnostic that may be really intricate and it's not going to limit my ability to start training. So in some ways we think about stress on a dog and if a dog is really stressed out by some other physical thing that's going on with them, we wouldn't want to put them into some type of rigorous training exercise, but the type of training that I do really complements that even if the dog is having stress from some other physical malady because we teach relaxation techniques 
and we always work with the dog at the level that they can be successful. And so that's something that also drew me very much to training between the ears because I myself have had a dog that has had injury and so is you would consider disabled. And a lot of the training techniques that are, he also has some behavioral problems. A lot of the training techniques to address behavioral problems involve things like exercise or involve things like exposure to certain triggers that he's not very capable of doing. Hmm. And so with TBTE, that's not a necessity. And in fact, I've worked with a few dogs that have different health maladies that have been disabled, so to speak, and been able to work with them in a way and reduce their reactivity, their aggression, their fear and anxiety without the need of them being mobile and um, exposing them in the same way that you would with some traditional training. One one of the things I was wondering about too is like, how do you deal with a situation where the dog is sort of maybe not mimicking but reacting to the owner's behavior? Say the owner is very nervous and anxious, mm-hmm. and that's just part of their personality, mm-hmm. and the dog is becoming you know anxious, sort mm-hmm. of, which is understandable because mm-hmm. that can affect people too sure you're not you know in the business of training people obviously so is that like a challenge or well really i am in the business of training people (laughs) true (laughs) you know we train people how to train their dog we do need to be good communicators and good educators and it's important that we can find some type of parallel for people, um, that they can understand both the, what the dog is going through, so to speak. So even in that example of the grade school model, expanding upon that is we, we look at what a child in going into kindergarten, the expectations for them, their expectations of their ability to read, write, um, do math to sit still, to concentrate, and then the expectation in fifth grade and how that is very different and that uh, changes over time. And if you were to give a kindergartner a fifth grader's test, they wouldn't be able to pass it. But that doesn't mean that we never expect that kindergartner to get to fifth grade. So just like that, we're not expecting a dog at whatever ability they're at right now to do, if it's just kindergarten, to do fifth grade work. We want to give them tasks that are appropriate to their ability level. And that's what that grade school model is about. And it's interesting because a lot of my clients actually are, I find that they're teachers. A lot of those that come to me happen to be teachers or happen to be in social work, happen to work with kids with disabilities or kids with on the spectrum and that's that's people who kind of gravitate to this work and have an understanding of it so if someone has an issue where yeah they they get nervous and they are passing it on to their dog somehow we'll discuss that 
and probably they're beyond their own grade school level, mm-hmm. the individual, because mm-hmm. we all have a grade school level. We all have certain ability to be successful in, in certain circumstances. So sometimes it is really understanding what that individual's grade school level is. And, um, but to really say that the owner themselves are the ones that have set the dog up for this problem many times is not fair. Mm-hmm. Many times it has nothing to do with the owner. Uh, and the owner may have had five great dogs and one dog that has a lot of issues. And so, I mean, I found that for myself. I've had dogs that have had major behavioral issues and I've had dogs that were easy as pie. And so I didn't treat them differently they have different things going on. And so um, it's not so much always blaming the, the individual. There's a lot of things that go into play. There, there's genetics and there's uh, you know the environment and things that have happened before and things that are happening now. And mm-hmm. so people just need to be educated and, and understand how to work with their dog. Right. That's a good point. That whole nature versus nurture um, aspect comes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you ever encounter misperceptions about dog training in general, or? Yeah, there's a lot. There's there's a lot even within within the dog training community. There's um, you know people that do different types of training and different work that presume they understand what someone else does, uh, even if they are not really educated in it. I, I suppose that that happens for any industry or, yeah. um, you know, that, that, and so for myself, well, of course I have certain feelings and opinions about training and, and I work with TBTE because I have found it to be so valuable and I've seen the success and I think it's extremely humane uh, and that is important to me but I don't really get involved or stuck in the the rhetoric that can go on there's also the politics of dog training and we don't necessarily want to go into that um, in this interview that that could be a whole other show. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I, I'm not going to be talking about somebody's methods, especially when I have no idea what that person's really doing day to day. Even what they tell me they do may not be what they actually do. I don't know. So I'm just focused on helping dogs and their owners to the best of my ability, you know, being proactive and and being educated and understanding animal behavior in general I think that that's that's what's important that's what I'm focusing on how do you how do you address it when a dog owner comes to you and says something like well how long is it going to take to fix this Mm -hmm. resolve this issue I want him trained in a month or something like that that Mm -hmm. may not be realistic right yeah so it you do want to give a realistic expectation to people and depending on 
the issue and the dog, I'm going to tell you what my past experience has been with a similar situation. In that case, sometimes people say, well, I want my dog to do this in this amount of time, right? And I'll say, that's great. That's not, you're, we're not the right match. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I'm going to go again on the dog's ability. And sometimes dogs surprise me and they move way faster. And sometimes dogs surprise me and they move way slower. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that the training is bad. It doesn't mean that the dog is bad. But there's just a lot of different influences between what the dog's background is. The human also, like I said, uh, there's a difference between if I was training the dog every day and you're training the dog. There's a difference between our abilities, right? So sometimes we find um, clients that have, you know, are really limited in either their capability or their desire to do so or just time frames. Um, But one thing that's really nice about TBTE is that it is kind of a lifestyle. It's not so much about, okay, now you have to go and train your dog and do a walk and, you know, tick off these, this list of things each day and it's going to take, you know, you an hour each day. It should become part of just the way that you interact with your dog. There are certain things, sure, that are specific exercises. It's going to take you a certain time to implement. But overall, most of those things that are are that way tend to be for a short, shorter period of time and then go away. And then, or they just become, when there's a certain scenario that you could benefit from using them, you bring them back and, and you start to use them again. But it becomes much more of just, lifestyle mm-hmm. so in all of this it, it kind of sounds too like you're saying like definitely do your research as you're looking for a dog trainer don't just yeah. google dog trainer near mm-hmm. me and go with the first result yeah and and that's that's challenging i mean it's really challenging for anyone you know if i don't know anything about tires and I need to start researching about tires because I want to get tires on my car. Sometimes there's, you could go to Consumer Reports, right, and they could give you some information. That's not always what you're going to be able to do for dog training. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to think to yourself, what are my goals? What do I want to actually accomplish? And what do I need to change? And what problems am I having? And how would I like my dog to be in the end? And what type of, what route do I want to take to get there? Are there things that I don't want to participate in to get there? Are there things that I do want to? How active do I want to be in training with my dog? Those are all things that you want to consider to yourself and then say, okay, well, what trainer fits in with that best for me, one thing that I had mentioned to you was that we are not so much about, which, which deals with the thought of what do you want to actually accomplish. People will come and say, I want my dog to walk next to me on leash and I want them, they need to know how to sit and they need to know how to stay and so forth. But 
what does that mean that you really want? Well, what you actually want from that generally is you just want a dog that's going to be calm, not going to be jumping all over people, uh, that isn't going to be pulling you down the road when you walk. And those, you don't necessarily have to do obedience to teach a dog how to just behave in general. The difference between a dog running at the door and jumping all over somebody, people many times say, well, you have to teach the dog how to sit so that they won't be jumping on somebody. But how about if you just had a dog that didn't jump on people that just walked up calmly and was like, oh, could greet somebody and be happy. And Mm -hmm. so they don't necessarily have to do learn those behaviors which are referred to as incompatible behaviors in the training world they can actually just change the way they feel about seeing people still be happy but no there's certain there's a a way of acting appropriately Mm -hmm. Uh, right so in other words like the solution might not even be that complicated in some cases sure sure and you know sometimes we definitely see big changes in dogs really quickly, really quickly. So it's not necessarily going to be this long road, this, you know. But I also work with some dogs that are very challenging. And um, when most trainers would not be able to work with those dogs because of the limitations that, you know, I'm... I'm really thrilled to feel like, okay, I could I could actually make a difference and help them, even if it is challenging, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And you have a website with more information on it, um, social media. Can you tell us where people can find more information online? Yeah. So um, my again my personal business is the Beauty of Dogs, located in Fountain Hill at 502 South Cool Street and my website is www.beautyofdogs.com I'm on Facebook The Beauty of Dogs and I'm on Instagram This is The Beauty of Dogs I also my email thebeautyofdogs at gmail.com Okay Yeah Great So definitely reach out to Rebecca through social media email if you want to learn more um, check out the website i know she also has some uh, great testimonials um, from uh, clients the two-legged type <laughs> yeah the two-legged <laughs> on yeah. Uh, online so so check those out yeah there. and i i also offer socialization which is something that's um not too commonly offered but it's really a great activity giving your dogs the opportunity to socialize in a controlled environment under the eyes of an educated trainer that versus going to the dog park and, and being exposed a to free for all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and so I offer socialization classes and also something that I'd love for anyone to look up is Dogs of Bethlehem and Fountain Hill, which is on Facebook. So that's just a community page that I run. We just share events local to the community, whether it be in Bethlehem, Fountain Hill, 
anywhere in Saucon Valley, Lehigh Valley, uh, Easton, all the areas around, um, I just share dog-related events. And also for businesses that are dog-friendly, love to have businesses mm-hmm. on there that can let us know, you know, our business is dog-friendly and any other events, dog-related events going on. And it's also just posting pictures of your dog and, you know, sharing with the community and as well as uh, memes or anything out there just to to bring a little light to mm-hmm. our community. And people obviously really love their dogs and love spending time with them and so forth. And so that's just a something that I decided to start really unrelated to my business, but just as part of the community. So that's Dogs of Bethlehem and Fountain Hill on Facebook. I think that's a great idea because um, a lot more businesses are becoming dog friendly. Mm-hmm. And but you'll see in the description, you know, well-behaved dogs welcome. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. obviously they can't have yeah out of control dogs. It's yeah. a liability. So that's just another reason you might want to um, use Rebecca's services because then you can take your dog with you more places and have your companion with you and. That's a great thing, I'm sure. Uh, every every dog owner would, would want that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again for joining us. And I know it's a, a big topic. We, we sort of just scratched the surface, but hopefully uh, we'll talk more about it again another time. Yeah, thanks so much. I enjoyed it. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening.